0: I'm here with the president of the UAE. It's really good to see you again, Sheikh Mohammed.
1: That's U.S. President Joe Biden, meeting with Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed, the president of the United Arab Emirates.
0: And I look forward to another period of strong and growing cooperation between our countries uh, and uh, under your leadership.
1: This conversation took place in Saudi Arabia, one of the UAE's closest allies, on July 16th. And it was part of Biden's big trip to the Middle East.
0: We both understand that the challenge we face today only make it a heck of a lot more important and we spend more time together.
1: The next day, July 17th, we heard reports about a different kind of cooperation between the U.S. and the UAE, about the sentencing of an American lawyer in Abu Dhabi on charges of tax evasion and money laundering.
0: A court in the UAE sentenced the civil rights attorney, Asim Gafour to three years in prison.
1: Asim Gafour represented slain Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi, and he's been helping to seek accountability for his death. So, what's behind Ghaffour's detention now? I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. Today, we're bringing you a story that was pitched to us by quite a few listeners. And to tell it, we spoke with someone who's known Asim Ghafoor for some time.
0: My name is Nihad Awad. I'm a friend of Asim Ghafoor and a community and civil rights activist in Washington.
1: Nihad is also the head of CARE, the Council on American Islamic Relations. He founded the advocacy organization in Washington, D.C. in the early 1990s. And that's around the time his path crossed with Ghafoor's.
0: So I met Asim in those early days in Washington when he was legislative assistant to a member of Congress from Texas.
1: Back then, there weren't many Muslims working in the halls of Congress for Nihad to talk to.
0: Being among the first Muslim staffer on the Hill in the 90s, that was like a rare commodity in the Muslim community. He was really very helpful to all of us uh, who were just into this arena. Asim was explaining the legislative process. Asim was able to unpack it for thousands of Muslims around the country. So Asim was among the sought after speakers and experts throughout the 90s and and even after 9-11, in particular after 9-11, when unfortunately, American Muslims were swept into the condemnation and the stereotypes and the backlash that pursued.
1: By September 11th, Rafour had already left his work in the government. After the attacks, U.S. Muslims were wrapped up in a dragnet of surveillance and suspicion, and Rafour defended many of them.
0: I remember that Asim was extremely generous with the community. I myself would refer cases to him with people who could not afford to hire legal counsel or a law firm, Hassan Ghafoor would take these cases, understanding that uh, people uh, are entitled to due process, are entitled to legal representation. And he was very, very understanding. And that's why he became well-respected in the community because so many people needed help.
1: Eventually, Ghafoor had to defend himself as well.
0: After 9-11, it was not easy to challenge the government's measures. We were very few people who were speaking up against this unrealistic and even unethical approach to conducting militarized foreign policy. So what we learned later that Asim Gafur, according to Edward Snowden's revelation, that Asim Ghafoor, myself, and other people were surveilled uh, by the US government illegally,
1: the federal government spied on Muslim Americans for six years, according to the latest documents leaked by former NSA contractor Edward Snowden. An attorney, two professors, the executive director of the Muslim organization CARE, even a political candidate running for office. Asam awesome
0: Ghafoor, the civil rights attorney who's represented clients in terrorism-related cases, previously sued the government for warrantless wiretapping.
1: Ghafoor first learned that he was being surveilled in the mid-2000s. He did legal work for a Saudi charity, the al Haramain Islamic Foundation, which had its assets frozen by the U.S. government over alleged ties to al-Qaeda. The organization had been represented by top Washington law firms. In an interview with The Intercept in 2014, Ghafour explained why he thought he was the lawyer who'd been wiretapped. I believe I was targeted because my name is Asim, Abdul rahman Ghafoor, I'm from India, my parents are from India, and I travel to Saudi Arabia as a young man and I do the pilgrimage. Yes, absolutely, I believe that had something to do with it, because there were former Bush administration officials representing Saudi entities, and I doubt their emails were tapped.
0: He was explaining the feeling of being at the receiving end of the government after 9-11. So he was in one way, trying to defend his community. He was trying to call for justice and due process, and at the same time, you know, protect himself from being in that spot.
1: Gafur's prominence in the Muslim community is one reason why his arrest gained attention. And then there's another. His relationship with the Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi, a U.S. president. Jamal Khashoggi walked into this Saudi consulate in Istanbul to collect proof of his divorce so he could remarry. He hasn't been seen since. Investigations by Turkish officials indicate that Khashoggi was killed by a Saudi hit squad. Jamal Khashoggi's killing shook the world in 2018. But before his death, he was a personal friend of Asim and Nihad's. They work together to set up the nonprofit Democracy in the Arab World Now, or DAWN. Both Asim and Nihad are still on the organization's board.
0: He became really close a friend and trusted friend of Jamal Khashoggi. Asim became also instrumental in pushing for illegal action against the perpetrators of the crime against Jamal.
1: And that push for legal action in Khashoggi's case is taking place right now in the U.S.
0: The lawsuit was filed at a U.S. federal court by Hatiz Jengas and Khashoggi's organization Democracy for the Arab World. Now, the seven-count civil complaint is being filed in Washington, D.C. against Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman and 28 other Saudi nationals.
1: In the lawsuit... Don and Khashoggi's fiancée allege that Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman ordered the killing. Declassified U.S. government reports have said the same, though the Crown Prince has denied this. The Biden administration has until October to weigh in on whether Mohammed bin Salman should receive immunity in the case. It's one of a few deadlines upcoming in the lawsuit. But before any of that could happen, on July 14th... Authorities took Asim Ghafoor into custody at the Dubai airport last Thursday while he was on his way to a wedding in Istanbul. They claimed the Virginia civil rights lawyer had been convicted in absentia on charges of money laundering and tax evasion.
0: I don't remember exactly how, how I found out because it just spread very fast in the community. His family members notified community leaders and the attorney that uh, Asim has been arrested and Asim sent a photo of himself in the car that he was driven to the police station. So we knew then that something is wrong there.
1: In the early hours of July 17th, a UAE state media report came out about his sentencing. It said he'd received three years in jail and a fine of more than $800,000 for two charges of money laundering and tax evasion.
0: Asim was unaware of this. He was unaware, according to his lawyer. I believe that. Any questions that the UAE had about him, they knew how to get hold of him, if there's anything. So they apparently they they accused him, they tried him, they convicted him. And they sentenced him without his involvement. Basically, he was ambushed.
1: The UAE embassy in Washington directed us to a statement, which says that the UAE received a request in April of 2020 from the U.S. Justice Department for information about Gafour. After an investigation, the embassy said Gafour's case was referred to a criminal court which found him guilty of violating UAE tax and money laundering laws. The embassy also told us that Ghafour has the right to appeal his conviction and sentence. But Nihad still has concerns including about whether Ghafour was informed
0: in any fair uh, process, judicial process, the accused will be given the accusations uh, and or his or her attorney. None of this happened. That's the level of judicial discourse and and and, and transparency that they have. All of this has been done in absentia in the twenty-first century. But yes, it's a US Ally. And 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 the US government unfortunately allows this to happen to American citizens. That's really staying on, 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 our, on our reputation as a country. So it is really our government has to answer these questions.
1: Getting the U.S. government to answer these questions has been difficult. Reporters asked about Ghafoor's detention during Biden's meeting with Mohammed bin Zayed, but neither leader responded. The Justice Department told us they don't comment on communications with foreign governments on investigative matters, including confirming or denying their existence. On July 18th at a press conference, The State Department put some distance between the U.S. and Gafour's arrest. Here's U.S. State Department spokesperson Ned Price. We certainly did not request, uh, we have not sought the arrest of Mr. Gafour. The Emiratis uh, have spoken to their rationale for the detention. We're going to remain engaged uh, with them. We have uh, been engaged uh, at very high levels on this case, and that will continue. And when asked about the rationale for Ghaffur's detention, Price said, We would refer you to Emirati authorities uh, to uh, speak to that. Uh, But what I can say is that we see no indication at this point uh, that his detention has anything to do uh, with his association with Jamal Khashoggi. Uh, But we are still gathering information. Again, as I said, we've raised this case at senior levels uh, and we are doing everything we can to ensure uh, that Mr. Ghafour is treated fairly and humanely. But for Nihad, it's impossible to ignore how deep the relationship between Ghafour and Khashoggi runs.
0: Any simple research will show that Asim Ghafour incorporated Don Democracy for the Arab World Now, which is founded by Jamal Khashoggi. So, for beginners. That's that's one. Uh, the world knows that Don and uh, Jamal Khashoggi's fiance have sued uh, MBS and his co-defendant. And it is obvious that there is a relationship, in fact, heavy relationship between uh, Asim Ghafour and the case of Jamal Khashoggi.
1: And he doesn't buy the idea that Ghafour's detention has nothing to do with Khashoggi.
0: They cannot just fool people and the public and the world that this has nothing to do with his relationships and work on Jamal Khashoggi during his life and after his death. —
1: Hadije Chengiz, Jamal Khashoggi's fiancé, has been demanding answers ever since his killing. —
0: I want the truth. We know who is responsible, but we want to hold truth, and we want accountability.
1: In a written statement on July 19th, she mentioned Ghafoor's role on the legal team in the lawsuit and wrote, I'm concerned that the UAE has jailed Asim to intimidate the legal team and myself and anyone who calls for democracy in the Middle East.
0: She knew uh, Asim Ghafoor. Asim Ghafoor helped her. Uh, She knew that he helped her fiancé. I mean, this is the least that those who knew Asim Ghafoor to say a word about the importance of his freedom and to be afforded legal representation and due process, especially our government. Our government should not just give a lip service to the public while not doing anything substantial to free American citizens.
1: Around the time of Lafour's detention, U.S. President Joe Biden did announce something meant to do just that. On July 19th, the administration signed an executive order meant to help Americans wrongfully detained abroad. It imposes costs on groups and governments that hold U.S. citizens for political or financial gain. Nihad wonders if this will make a difference in his friend's case.
0: Does this apply to American Muslim citizens who are taken by DOE and other governments? Where is your promise, Mr. President?
1: And he had brought up a phrase that Joe Biden mentioned often during his campaign for the presidency.
0: If the Biden administration claims that it centers human rights in its policy and foreign policy, show it. Don't talk about it. Show it. I'm so disappointed, so disappointed to see that President Biden broke his promises and... Uh, I'm, I'm not going to vote for him personally. He just like gives a pass to dictators just for material gain, and we did not even get that material gain. So it is, I'm 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 disappointed, but you know we also pay for our choices as as, as voters.
1: But some elected officials are pushing for accountability. A group of U.S. members of Congress have released a statement asking Biden for answers. They're also pushing for due process in this case, after reports that Ghafoor hasn't been able to speak to his attorney or family in nearly two weeks. And they want more information from the UAE, to see if Ghafoor's arrest could be considered one of the wrongful detentions the Biden administration is trying to deter.
0: As you can see from the waves of condemnation for his arrest and the support social media, He's known to many politicians and many policymakers, and that's why you see that there is an outrage across the spectrum in defense of Asim. They want him free, they want due process, and they want our government to show some backbone for standing up for American citizens who are held abroad without due process.
1: And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Nagin Oliai with Chloe Kay Lee, Alexandra Locke, Ruby Zaman, Amy Walters, Ney Alvarez, and me, Malika Bilal. Alex Roldan is our sound designer. Aya al and Adam abu are our engagement producers. Special thanks to our colleagues, Chris Sheridan and Kimberly Haukat. We'll be back.